Welcome to the Whistle Way Podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle, your host with Whistle Realty Group and EXP Realty in San Diego. And I am Brian Kochi, Director of Media here at Whistle Realty Group. The goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics that you need to go out and crush it in your business. The way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. If you have a question you want to have answered on a future episode of the show, you can always go to thewhistleway.com, thewhistleway.com. You can ask questions on there. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and podcast and join our Facebook group, our referral network, our email newsletter, and get the details on our Media Mayor Mastermind course, which is a shortcut to helping you crush it with video in your business. We teach you everything we've learned over the last seven years of creating thousands of videos together to help you get there a whole lot faster, get a whole lot more traction, get a whole lot more business from the videos that you're creating. We go into the specific videos we shoot, the gear, the distribution of the videos, the relationships, all that fun stuff, thewhistleway.com. If you enjoy the show today, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to let them know, hit the little thumbs up button. And if you want to get notified when we drop future episodes of the show, hit the subscribe button and little notification bell. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, make sure to hook us up with a review on there as it goes a really long way to promote the show. With that said, what do we got, Brian? Today we are talking about onboarding. So this is going to be geared towards more if you're building a team. Um, and I want to kind of talk about the process that you go through uh, when you bring an agent onto your team. What does that look like? What does that not look like? Uh, and what tools do you need to make sure you get it done? Oh, that's just that. Cool. Easy. No problem. And go. Kyle gets <laughs> the monologue for about 20 minutes. And yeah. We'll... Cool. Well, let's talk about this. So let's assume you're going out a team and you're bringing team members on. Um, one of the things I learned, this was actually from another brokerage that was trying to recruit us at one point. Um, one of the best things that you can do when you're bringing people onto your team is to have everything set up for the people that are joining your team before they join your team. Um, so I know I was horrible at this and I still think we're a work in progress, um, but I used to, somebody would start their first day and then we'd sit down and during their whole first day, we'd go into like G Suite and we'd set up their email account. Then we would go into our CRM and set up their CRM account. And then we, like, literally while they're sitting there at the desk with me, like, shoot me. If, if I was talent and I had to sit there while and watch you set up my Gmail account. Like, yeah, it's not like you're oh teaching them anything. goodness gracious. It was horrible. Um, so, yeah, actually, even though we didn't go join that brokerage, I learned a lot. Because they were like, hey, day one, everything is going to be here. You're, you know, we'll have signs ready for you. We'll have your business cards. We'll have all your accounts set up so we can just hit the ground running. And that that was very motivational. So, that would just be a piece of advice is that if you're going to bring people on your team, have them set up before they start. Don't set them up when they start. Um, that would be for sure one of the, the early pieces of advice. Um, the other piece of advice is don't bring people on without a freaking plan. <laughs> I think that's where most of us realtors screw up because what we do is that we don't hire when we get close to capacity. We hire when we surpass capacity. And usually after you've been at, at above capacity for a little while. Yeah, until you hit your breaking point. Yeah. Literally where you have like a nervous breakdown or you lose a shitload of money because something like slipped through the cracks. Mm -hmm. So that's what most realtors are doing is they're getting to like 120, 130% of capacity and they break and then they're like, all right, fine, I'll hire somebody. Where what you should do is the exact opposite. You should hire people to help when you get to about 70 or 80% of capacity long mm -hmm. before you're going to break. 
Now, what's your first licensed person you bring on? Because you already have an assistant at this point. Well, no, that, everybody screws that up too. Everybody tries to hire a buyer's agent first. Okay. They don't even have a single freaking admin. Like one of our good friends here locally, all of a sudden I kept telling him, you got to get a team, we got to get a team. He's like, look, I got a team. I was like, cool, there's four agents. How many admins do you have? Zero. Huh? <laughs> you mean, how do you, who the hell is going to do all your paperwork? Who's going to organize you guys? Like you have five agents, including yourself, and no admins? Like, oh, that sounds horrible. You're going to be back to one agent really quick. And some of those four were probably talented, and they're going to leave you and come on to my team. So, um, <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, you know who, you know who you are. Um, I want to start guessing names publicly here. Let's see if I <laughs> work. <laughs> um, so that's a big one is um, one hire, you know, before you need it. Um, I think a lot of people screw that up. Uh, but have a plan when you hire. Because what ends up happening is when you hire, when you're at 120% of capacity, you have zero plan. You're just like, please help me, save me. Like, and now you, they start out day one in your total shit show. And they're like, what the hell am I joining? Like, I thought I was joining like a top performing team. And you're a complete freaking mess. Like, is this really the, part, the team I want to be a part of? So you got to avoid that. Um, so the plan does that include like a 30 60 90 what is so there's there's different ways to do that yeah i mean one of the the common ways and and there's no right or wrong answer to this right well the uh, wrong answer is having no plan yeah the only thing worse than you know a shitty plan is no plan so um you, there's one keller williams popularized this at least in our industry with a 30 60 90 it's here's what you're going to do the first 30 days here's what you need to get done in the first 60 and here's what you're going to do in the first 90 basically your first three 30-day segments are broken out for you so you know what to focus on for the first month the second month the third month that's great i love that um could you could it be a four-week plan that cool could it be a one-week plan cool anything other than like just just join me help me please that's that's what you don't want to do so have some sort of a freaking plan like what we used to do it was in trello Right, we started with a, a more simple system, and I think it was like an eight-week plan. It was like, here's the things you do: week one, week two, week three, week four, all the way through eight. It was in Trello. It wasn't great, but at least we had built something, some sort of a system for people to follow out. And then we've slowly been improving on that to where now we utilize a learning management system where everything they need to do. There's videos and everything, and then there's a thirty, sixty, ninety that's built out. Here's what you focus on: the first thirty, the second thirty, the last thirty for your thirty, sixty, ninety. Um, so you got to have some sort of a plan before you bring people on. I think that's a huge mistake. Um, what you end up doing is you have no plan. So somebody joins you and then you're like, all right, um, go set your, your CRM up. And they're like, okay, got it, boss. And they go in the back for an hour and come back like, all right, boss, I'm done setting my CRM. What should I do now? <laughs> and you're like, um, go set this up. And they go in the back and set that up and come back. All right, boss, I'm done with that. What should I do now? What should I do now? What should I do now? <laughs> like, and then oh. the worst part about that is... They set up the CRM and they set up their email and they set up all their shit that's different than yours. And now there's no congruency. There's no, you can't systematize it. Your data is going to be all fucked. You got to be, you got to have not only a plan of what to do, but what it looks like. So let's talk a little bit about SOPs. Yeah. So that's a big one too. As you start to grow, you got to have, um, and this is one we learned from a previous partner of ours. Like sometimes I've learned when you're in partnerships, you might hate people at some point, but you actually, when those partnerships and you you find the things that you did learn and, and implement those in your business. I when I used to do REO, I the people who controlled the um, foreclosed properties, the REO properties, the guy at my biggest account that I ever had was the 
biggest asshole in the entire world. This guy was such a freaking asshole. He was so difficult to work with. But once that you know account faded, I actually realized like that guy made me a way stronger agent. Like he was so tough on me. He was so difficult, but he made me so much better in my negotiation skills because he really helped me understand how to remove emotion from a negotiation. And when you can be emotionless while negotiating, you have such an advantage over the other party because he was emotionless. He's an asset manager. His job is just purely numerical. And when I was able to remove a lot of that emotion, because I thought there was something wrong with the guy. Like I used to think I had a, you know, very little emotion. This guy was on a whole nother level of, of being emotionless. Um, he really made me a lot stronger. And this you know, account we had a while back, SOPs was something that we lacked. I think it actually put a spotlight on the fact how shitty we were at having SOPs. And so SOP, uh, standard operating procedure. Those of you guys are in the military or have been with corporations, you're probably very familiar with SOPs, but it's a standard operating procedure. There's got to be a, a standard of how things are done so that whether it's your first employee or your you know, 10th employee or your 100th employee, everybody does things the same way because you built out an SOP. This is how we do things. We refer to it as the whistle way. I literally wrote it there. Yeah. I just I couldn't stop hearing a Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. So just just think of it that way. Right. Um, okay, so when now we, we drop a video about like what we do here at Whistle. You should just play that. I, I really want to now. I'm just gonna put it on loop in the speakers <laughs> get, anyway. Get the audio rights for that. <laughs> um, okay, so you have a plan. You have a a plan for wh- what happens when they're here and kind of the future. Um, talk a little bit about the importance of training. Um, now we have the SOPs. You just say print out a thing. Here's all the SOPs. Have fun. Do it right. Yeah. I think the thing that I've learned over the years is that you can build as many systems as you want to try to automate training people, but there's got to be some hands-on interaction. So whether it's you as a team leader or you have a, uh, excuse me, you have a dedicated trainer, there's got to be somebody who actually gets in there, gets their, you know, rolls their sleeves up and gets dirty with your new agents or your new staff members, whatever, you know, you're hiring. Somebody's got to actually teach them how to do this stuff. You can build as many systems as you want. You can try to have as many videos as you want, but you still got to have a human element to it. The biggest companies in the world still have humans that get on and do live trainings, right? You automate as much as you can, but you still got to have some human element to it. Because there's going to be questions. People, you know, want to interact and they're going to, you know, the way this person learns might be a little different than the way that person learns. And, you know, as a good teacher, you can help this person, you know, with how they need it and that person how they need it. So what we've learned to do is we, we bring on people in batches. We group them into to small groups. Right, that at way. least two. Yeah. At least. So at least two because that way you can do them. Do, it's, it's easier to, to do a lot of the onboarding tasks. And then they have a, a new person they can kind of touch base with that as they grow. So we, we right. bring on. It's like an accountability partner, yeah. which is cool. Um, and so we have batches. We have our trainer. But then. Also, one thing that we've implemented, especially if the agent is newer to real estate, is the mentor program. Um, Because like you said, people learn differently. And there's things, it's one thing to learn in kind of a classroom type setting. um, But there's going to be things that you're going to forget immediately that when you're out in the field, you go, I don't know what to do. And remember, they taught you this? Okay. And so you kind of need that that one-on-one. Talk about a little bit what we've done with our mentor program. Yeah. So we used to shy away from hiring new agents because new agents need a lot of handholding. 
And if you don't have the systems and people in place for it, probably shouldn't bring new people onto your team. Just being honest, like we weren't in a position to bring new people on because we couldn't hold their hand the way that it needed to be held. Um, we've grown enough now to where we've built out a mentor program to where we've taken agents on our team who are you know, established agents who understand our systems, our processes, our SOPs, and will be there to support those new agents as they come in to where they can get that hand-holding that they need. In exchange, those mentors get a cut off of the first, I think we're doing the first three deals. Um, so that mentor's job is to help them get up and running and hold their hand through those first three deals. Um, in exchange, they make a, a decent amount of money for doing it, for helping that person out. And, and that new person's willing to pay it on the first three because now they get one of the established agents in the company that's going to hold their hand and that feels good for them. And um, then we, you know, we tend to be a lot better and they're not taking a lot of management's time because, you know, management is, is very highly paid and on staff. And so every minute management's taking away from, um, you know, doing what they need to do as a manager it, to help these agents with like a contract review and stuff like that's something that's going to be better off having one of the agents who's on the ground writing contracts all day, every day. They're actually probably going to be better at it than one of your admins. And all I had for that. What okay. else? What else? Yeah, I mean, other tips too on that on the mentor thing. What we found is that the uh, you don't want to take like your number one agent. Like, I need you to be a mentor. Usually, your your number one agent is actually like your worst mentor um, because they're so busy. They're you know they're just pinballing all over the place. It could be hard for your number one agent to slow down. Like they they don't want it. They they're better off instead of spending that little bit of time helping out the new person. They're better off just full sprinting ahead. And I mean, you don't want them to slow down. Right. It's, it's going to take them twice as long to teach it than they are to do it. So they can take on two new clients or help out one agent. Yeah. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Um, you're, you're, you're veteran, mid-level, mid, and it could even be mid to upper level agents. Those are tend to be your best mentors. And then I guess one thing that I mentioned early on that I want to kind of touch on is, um, making sure you have some sort of system to make sure there's there's checks and balances, a to-do list, a, uh, a a Monday or a Trello board to make sure that people are assigned different tasks and they get, they get done on certain due dates, right? And so we, again, we use monday.com for that. Um, and it's funny because it's funny that Tom brought this up because we talked for quite a bit today in our leadership meeting about really diving into our, our onboarding program and really dialing it in whether that's a couple people here doing their own tasks or bringing in to one dedicated hub of that's their job. Um, but I think the real big thing is making sure you have a, a checklist of tasks that are going to be done before they join week one, week two. So that way, as you're onboarding them and they're doing what they're supposed to do, you or your sales manager or the trainer or whoever is keeping them accountable, making sure not only that they're getting it done, but they have the tools and resources necessary to get what they need done. Yeah. Um, other things too is just trying to get them integrated into the culture as quick as possible too. Um, so we're always running team contests. So we always break our company up into small teams. And then you have some of your veteran agents with your rookie agents on the same team. So they now get to meet their team members. We do team nights. We just had a hike last week where a lot of the agents got together and went and did a little hike together. Um, we always have different events going on, just bringing the team together um, so people get to know each other. Because, right, people want, there's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like a uh, feeling of belonging is one of the highest needs that everybody has. People want to be a part of a team. They want that culture of having people around them to support them and help them. So that's a big part of it. And I think 
in order to do that, I think you can watch a previous podcast we have, um, but intentionally making that culture. You have a culture whether you choose to or not, um, but being intentional about the culture, planning it, creating core values, and, and really working your business around those is going to be going to help that onboarding process and help that new person feel welcome. Yeah. Cool. Well, hopefully that gives you some tips on just the things that you need to do when you're onboarding new agents, just some things to think about. The biggest thing is be prepared. Um, number one, be prepared. And number two, hire before you need to hire. Don't wait until you're bursting at the seams and then try to make that hire. Um, you know, take that step back, have it all planned out, have it detailed, and you're going to be far, far, far better off. I don't care if it's an admin, if it's a an agent, if it's an ISA, like just take Even a step back. Even if it's a back. VA. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, like a lot of people want to hire a VA and they think like, oh, I paid money to X company. The VA is just going to do their thing. Like, no, dude, you got to train them. Like everybody needs a little bit of training hands-on. You can have as many systems as you want. Still got to have some hands-on training. Cool. Cool. Well, hopefully you got a lot of value out of the show today. We will dive into our whistle widget of the week here in a minute, which is something that saves us time, makes us more money, or helps us have more fun. But before we do, if you're enjoying the show today, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. Let them know that you are enjoying the show. Also, if you want to get notified when we drop future episodes of the show, hit the subscribe button and the little notification bell. If you're listening on a podcast platform, you can hook us up with a review on there. That goes a really long way to help us out. And if you have a question you want to have us answer on a future episode of the show, you can always go to thewhistleway.com, thewhistleway.com. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel and podcast, ask us questions, join the referral network, email newsletter, Facebook group, and get dialed in with our Media Mayor Mastermind video course to help you get out there and crush it with video in your business. All right, Brian, what do you got for us? While I scramble to find one really quick. Well, I need you to pay attention because I have a question for you. Oh, um, because I, I saw you use this before, um, and I've used it in the past. And I'm curious about how, if it's still the best tool for it. Uh, but I downloaded it on my iPad. I just bought an iPad yesterday. I'm going to Tom Ferry Summit tomorrow. Wanted to, uh, I saw someone at the last conference I have take pictures on their iPad and then take notes on it. I'm like, that seems like something that would work really well for me. Um, so I was obviously setting it up and planning it out because I do things like this. And one of the things that um, I ran into is something I remembered is utilizing Evernote to take my notes. I like the fact that you can have notebooks, you can have different notes. One of my notes is going to be my key takeaway, so I have that all in one spot. Um, you can take pictures and you can sync it with your computer really easily. I like a lot about it. Um, I know you can do also a lot of these things with notes on from the iPad, but I don't have a Mac computer, so that doesn't work. Um, but it's also like seven, eight bucks a month, and I don't know if I love that. Is this still something you use? Do you like it? There's not a free version anymore. I don't. I, I had a seven-day free trial, and then I and I have to pay for it. Really? Okay. I have a free version. I would not pay for it if I had to pay for it. Okay. I would just use Apple Notes. I mean, once you're in that Apple ecosystem too, right? You take the note; it's automatically on your computer. It's I'm synced not, up. Not in that ecosystem. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But anyways, Evernote. Was that? I got one for you. All right, cool. <laughs> Tom can help me after this. That'll be uh, the widget after this when I say "fuck Evernote," <laughs> do something else. But uh, I remember I learned about it a long time ago. It was a really cool system, um, but I'll have to check to see what we can find. All right. Um, let's see. Where do I want to go today? I, I feel like I really want to go very, very simple. Um, and Google Task is what I'm using a lot lately. Um, there's so many different task management platforms out there. There's obviously the one that's, you know, Reminders that's built into iOS. And what I do like with that is I can just tell Siri to, like, add stuff to it, which is very convenient because I can forget things pretty easily. 
I love the fluidity of the Google task app and it, it's so easy to make different task lists. So I'm somebody, I have a lot of, like my brain goes a million miles a minute. And when I have an idea in my brain, if I don't put it somewhere quickly, I'm going to lose it. Um, now, of course you would probably prefer I do everything in Monday cause you love Monday. Um, but Google do. task is what I love with it is it's super quick and easy. I can have, you know, I have a list for things I need to talk to you about for what my COO, my ops person, like every time I have an idea that pops in my head, I just throw it into one of the lists really quickly. And I think the thing that I like the most is how it's when I'm on my phone, it's there, but it's also when I'm on my computer and I'm inside of Gmail, which is where, you know, I live on half my screen for the day. I have a sidebar with my task right there embedded into Gmail. So I have those available. And I think that's what I really love about it is that as soon as I put a task in my phone, it's on my computer and it's inside of Gmail. It's not a separate website or platform or anything I have to go to. So I love the fact that my tasks are right there. Um, so that's what I'm gonna go with this Google task today. Cool. I like it. Awesome. Well, hopefully you got a lot of value out of the show today. We really appreciate you tuning in to this episode of the Whistle Way podcast. See you next week.